back after you so confidently proclaimed that you wanted us to get eight episodes recorded before the Winter Olympics began. Well, well, well. Welcome Thank back. Thank you, Ruth. Um, <laughs> what can I say? Little did I know that everyone else would get COVID in the last month and I would be the last man standing. Can I give some context? Yeah, I mean, not everyone knows. No, I'll give some context. Yeah, you should maybe give some context. Because <laughs> that, that could mean a lot of things, Chris. <laughs> I worked at the European Handball Championship in Hungary and Slovakia. Went into it with the plan of commentating on six matches, uh, doing a podcast every two days, and then doing some live shows on top of that. Some live shows happened. The podcast every two days happened. And then the six matches. A different podcast. Different podcast. The Uninformed Handball Hour podcast. Mm, mm. There was a bit of an overlap in the fan Mm. bases. And the six matches turned into 27 matches. (laughs) Okay, Chris, we'll we'll give you a pass on this We'll give you a pass on this one. Including 15 in five days. And doing all of them uh, until the final, which was remarkable. Uh, a very bad circumstance. It's not going to, like, you know, laugh about it because two people got COVID. But, you know, let's be honest here. As we spoke about during the Summer Olympics daily podcast, it is kind of an old boys club. And if COVID happened to help me break into that, I'm not going to say no to the opportunity. Fair enough, Chris. We'll, as I said, give you a pass and I'm sure you'll be knocking, uh, once we're back to the normal schedule, you'll be knocking two episodes out a week of the Olympopod until we reach the conclusion. Yeah, well, that's the big question after these winter games. Do we go back to the summer next? Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. But anyway, for now, (laughs) welcome to our first bonus Beijing 2022 Winter Olympic Games Olympopod. I'm not going to be as confident as Chris and proclaim that this is going to be a daily (laughs) podcast. It will be as frequently as possible update. If it's daily, fair play to us. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to make any promises. Keep an eye on your podcast stream because yeah, we might, we'll be popping in and out, popping in and out to give the day's news or the past week's news, (laughs) depending on our (laughs) schedules. But... (laughs) We have had the first full day. I mean, I say that, like with the summer games, a lot of stuff goes on before the actual opening ceremony. There was plenty of curling and there was a bit of this and that. But today was officially day one on the sporting. And uh, yesterday, uh, as we record, was the opening ceremony. Did you catch it, Chris? I didn't watch it all live uh, because uh, I was doing some work and... I heard that it was going to be super long. So I was like, I'll catch some highlights afterwards and mm. get a few takeaways. Take a look at the uh, the clothing options as well. Take some notes there. Oh, and I think yeah. that that's the key thing for us in this case. It was quite extravagant and nice. I mean, that's what you expect at this point, particularly from Beijing. Yeah. So there's no real surprise there. You know, we had an opening ceremony 14 years ago in that very stadium. So 
No yeah. big deal. And do you know what? And do you know what? Every opening ceremony, winter and summer, is always going to be compared to that one. It's a little bit like a interval at the Eurovision Song Contest. It's always going to be, was it Riverdance or was it something a little bit worse than Riverdance? It was no Beijing 2008, but it was grand. It, the, this, the screams on the ground were brilliant. Loved it. Also, big fan of their big block of ice. I did get a little nervous when I heard the commentator say that it was going to be a look back at the previous Winter Games because back off China, that's our gig. <laughs> Bingo. Um, Thomas Bach's speech was 11 minutes long. Chris, I'll be honest, I also did not watch this live because I was also doing some work and I had the option of skipping over all the speeches, yeah. which I yeah. took. Well, when you were skipping over Thomas Bach's speech, were you like, oh, he's still here. Oh, as you skip forward two or three times in three or four minute yes. intervals. Let's go, yes. let's go straight to the, <laughs> let's go to the crux of this, the clothing options, the outfits. Highlights for you, Ruth. So, okay, so obviously I didn't watch them all. I do, I, but I did kind of like skip kind of 15 seconds ahead. So I think I caught mo- most of them. I didn't like Italy. The ponchos. Not as, wasn't as bad as Tokyo, but it wasn't great. I didn't like the ponchos, but I was just watching some ski jumping before we started recording and they're just kind of casual outerwear. It's very nice. And I wish they'd worn that instead. Yeah. Not a fan of the ponchos as well. That was one that I, uh, that stood out for me. Not a fan at all. Uh, Timor Leste must have been really cold. That's all I have to say about them. They did not dress for the occasion in terms of actual coverage. You could, you could see which countries really understand how cold cold can be and which cannot. Mm. Um, you know, oily men from the Pacific aside, uh, Timor Leste, I felt they were cold. Uh, my one of my favourites was Mongolia. Mm. What did you? What did Big you fan like of that. that? It was nice. <laughs> I don't know, like Chris, it was just a nice okay. pattern. It was just yeah. I'll, I'll Google it. I'll Google it. <laughs> Mongolia Winter Olympic outfits. Ooh, these lads. Here we go. Beijing best in fashion. Oh. I'm catching up now on. The Polynesians. I'll give, I'll give you my uh, my two favorite ones. Niger- Niger- Nigeria were great, and I have to say the host nation, China, quite liked yeah. their outfits. Uh, the Canadians really liked the jackets they had. They were very nice. Fan of the Canadians, but my top one was Finland. And that elegant silver uh, where it was just, yeah, that was for me, top notch. Finland, they know how to dress for the Winter Olympics, and uh, they're not messing mm-hmm. about so Mongolia wore traditional Mongolian tunics and I just thought it was a little bit like it, it was just going a different direction because the thing is with the outfits like you were saying with the with Timor Less not dressing for the occasion there's not a huge amount you can do which represents your country and is also a massive puffer jacket mm. to keep you warm so I quite liked Mongolia going the traditional yeah. route now, you say you liked Finland. South Korea also had a bit of a silver mm. look. I don't know, suddenly the whole the whole outfit for the, the Finns also with like the the what they wore 
women had the skirts with the tights as well. It just looked really, I don't know, very good. It was, uh, they didn't, it wasn't a half hour's effort and it looked good. Yeah. I felt Team GB looked a bit casual. They were, right? They wore the big jumpers. Knitwear. Yeah. That's very British. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, American Samoa also wore a grass skirt and oiled themselves up. Yeah, so the uh, yeah. Was, uh, Polynesians and the Oceanic uh, contingent mm. always come out very oily, regardless, summer, winter, youth Olympics, all <laughs> they go for it. <laughs> Yeah, it just it just makes a little bit more sense in summer because I think there's only so much warmth oil can give you. Hopefully, they went non-traditional and like went for seal blubber. Uh, you know, that's what I was thinking. Some kind of fat. I mean, uh, Olympopod yeah. fans will know how yeah seal blubber or like goose goose fat or anything will will keep you warm. So butter, butter. <laughs> Good old. I'm sure you can get Kerrygold in yeah, China. You can. You can. It's yeah. uh, one of our big export markets. Anyway, before we go to the actual sport of which this podcast is nominally about, the cauldron is causing consternation among the fans. Yeah. Some, of, some said it's not a cauldron, which I kind of take the view, like, I take their point. But I also think that in this day and age, a cauldron can be anything we say it is. Um, to quote Lars Eric's song, up is down, down is up. <laughs> what does a friend of the podcast and cauldron expert James Dargan Ward say about it? He says it's not a cauldron. There you go. Then I go with James. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, look, it's a giant snowflake with a fire in the middle of it. No, you're a giant snowflake. <laughs> Like, <laughs> again, like with the uh, national outfits, there's only so much you can do in terms of variations on Olympic cauldron. It's not a cauldron, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the instructions they sent over, they sent over Jodgy translation. Um, and that's what we ended up with. <laughs> I don't know. But look, it's fine. I'm not going to I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Yet. There you go. It seems fine. I was hoping, like, I did think, is it going to, like, become more cauldron-esque as it rises up? It didn't. No, it, it didn't. didn't. Yeah. So, sport? Sport. Chris, there was lots of sport today. There was. And, you know, there are seven new medal events in uh-huh. these Winter Olympics. And they are the men's and women's big air freestyle, uh-huh. women's monobob, which is an amazing name. Mixed team competitions in freestyle skiing aerials, ski jumping, and snowboard cross, as well as the mixed relay in short track speed skating, which I'm going to be honest, I'm going to base my entire podcast contribution on this today because what an event. Chris, I haven't got to see any of it yet because people in my household think speed skating is not fun. I'll convert them. It's a bit like weightlifting. It's it, it it's only a matter of time. Yes. But anyway, I haven't watched any yet, so tell me all before I catch up this evening. Well, it reminds me a little bit of the... What is that uh, track cycling? Is it the Madison? Where they're all in there together. Yeah. And it's just stuff happening all around the track. Yeah. That's basically what happened here 
in the uh, in the short track mixed team relay. <laughs> there are four four different uh, athletes per team, and they're going around on the outside while their teammates at different points are going around on the inside, skating around on the inside, waiting to come out, get a shove in the back, and then join the race. And I just sat there watching the final waiting for the first big collision collision because I'd be watching highlights of the the normal four ter- four person uh, races and in every race somebody usually a british person for some reason has to fall <laughs> over <laughs> uh, I, I saw three brits today they all finished last uh for well two of them fell over last. Oh, they were they in all, different events. In different events, yes. <laughs> Two of them brothers. Uh, one of them, in like the first turn, she got tripped up. Uh, another guy in the last lap. And then the third guy uh, thought he heard the bell one lap early, so he finished He finished a lap early. No! <laughs> and no! he was in a very good position. No! Anyway, I, was I digress. Was he raging? Was he raging? I think he uh, he probably just embarrassed with himself. Yeah. Uh, if I were if I were him, that's what I'd be. Uh, the bell is a pretty loud thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the yeah. mixed team for short track speed skating. It's just, it's madness, right? And I was so impressed for so long that there were no crashes. In the final, it was uh, China in there who were only in there because the USA got disqualified for from the semifinals. So China didn't qualify for the final. Then they got in, in there with Italy, Hungary, and Canada. It was like a three a three horse race really with uh, China, Italy, and Hungary. Then Italy and Hungary clash. No, they go flying in. Brilliant. They go flying into the wall, <laughs> and suddenly Italy are in it's second place. It was a it was one hell of a spill. Uh, spill alert. Clean up on aisle short track speed skating, and. China looked like they were cruising to gold. Uh, with like one lap left, they had a good, I don't know, five, six, seven meters lead over Italy. The Italians came flying back and just got pipped to the post by China to win their first gold medal of the home Winter Olympics. And honestly, just in, it was a crazy race watching these teams switching in and out over 18 laps and yeah good times i'm glad it's in like it's madness but i'm here for that mm, i can't wait to watch it i can't wait to watch it and um, norway got their first gold and then a second gold straight after um, Teresa johaug yeah do we have anything yeah. to say about that actually yes mm. <laughs> uh, she's, she's a bit of a yeah she's a bit of a norwegian uh, legend what have you got to say about that Ruth? oh maybe i have different things to say never mind you go ahead chris <laughs> Well, I didn't get to see it. I did actually plan on getting up early to watch it. I think it was like mm. eight thirty my time. Uh, we were going to record originally in the morning. Then, when you said let's do it later, I was like, okay. Then I went. I stayed in bed uh, and didn't watch this. So she won the skiathlon, fifteen kilometer skiathlon for the first gold of the games. She didn't compete four years ago. Why didn't she compete four years ago, Chris? Because in September 2016, Yohok was tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug called Clostabol, which is an anabolic steroid. Uh, she claimed that it came from an ointment that she put on her sore, sun- sunburnt lips, yeah. uh, which she used for about a week and a half. And the anti-doping agency said there's a big sign on the ointment that says 
Doping. Doping. <laughs> <laughs> if you take this, you're a dope. Yes. Uh, and she did get, I mean, she got a uh, suspension in the end, I yeah. think. 18 I mean, months, I think. And yeah. But she's back and she's back without her lip balm, but with a gold medal. That's it. And uh, might not be the only one she wins. Uh, an added thing about that is that she's also an incredibly good track and field runner. Ah. She won the Norwegian title in the 10,000 meters in 2009. And um, her best time of 31 minutes, 33 seconds in May of last year was just eight seconds short of qualifying her for Tokyo. (laughs) So she could have been a modern. uh, You don't often see winter athletes turn into summer athletes. You see Mm -hmm. summer athletes turn into winter athletes. But that would have been an interesting reverse. But uh, yeah, Therese Johog and Norway getting their first gold. And as you said, they got another one then. In what was that in? Was that the mixed? It was the mixed. That was the uh, mixed biathlon. biathlon. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm gonna be all into the like. It was the same in Tokyo. Mixed sports. Let's have more of them. Absolutely. That was my note on my notes too, Chris. Ah, lovely. <laughs> well, I didn't see it, but I'm just glad knowing that it's there, and I will watch it at mm. my convenience. Now, with the biathlon, I did watch some of it. I have two points that I want to take away from it. One is, you know, the way. If you miss the shooting. Yes. And like the conditions were very bad today, Chris. I don't know if you know, but the conditions were very bad. Very, very windy. But like at a certain point, you can just get up and you get like, do you have to do an extra lap or something? What are the rules? Uh, every Everyone you miss, you do like a, there's a penalty lap. What I'd like to see is that you just have to stay there until you shoot them all, no matter how long it takes you. <laughs> um, I, I have a feeling that's less of a punishment, though. I yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is. But I, I would just, that's that's what I want to see. Mm. I want to see them staying there until they get, get them all shot down. Okay. It is less of a punishment. It is. But, like, it'd be more entertaining for me. So, there you yeah, go. I think they would just do it very quickly then, just, like, take their chances. Mm, potentially, potentially. Yeah. But anyway, um, the other thing I was looking it up to try and find out what the rules was. Uh, so I didn't seem like a fool when I mentioned it, but I didn't find it, so I had to ask you, is that there is something called a moose biathlon. Now, it's using a moose gun, which is not as exciting as it could be, but I think when we're recording winter Olympopods, regular ones in the future, like I feel like we could make moose biathlon something better and more appropriate to its name. Um, I want mooses. Okay. Yeah, so we're, what, we're skiing on the mooses, not shooting at the mooses. Oh, yeah. We're not shooting mooses. We're not barbarians. Okay, good. Just checking. I don't know. I, I haven't thought it out yet, Chris. I just, I literally something I picked up about five minutes before we started recording is okay, that good. there was something called moose biathlon, and I just want to know more about it, but not necessarily the truth. Other than that, Chris, there was controversy in the ice hockey. Like, this feels like it's an actual Olympopod of early days. <sighs> it was Finland-USA's women's game, and USA had a comfortable 5-1 win, only for the teams to be brought back onto the ice when the officials noticed that one of Finland's goals hadn't been counted. So the game had to be restarted 
from where the so-called ghost goal was scored. So they put... What? Yep. So they put two minutes, so it was only two minutes, 20 seconds, but they had okay. to put two minutes, 20 seconds back on the clock with the modified score of 5-2. Mm-hmm. Sadly for the momentum of the story, nothing much happens over the next 150 <laughs> seconds and the score remained the same. But, oh my God, what a story. Uh, yeah, the only way that could have been better is if Finland, Finland actually scored a hat-trick six. in the last minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, the score line being 5-2 suggests that was never going to happen. Mm. Okay. Mm. Mm. Minor controversy. Minor controversy, but had the potential. If it was 19... 19- 28. If it was 1928, it would have restarted again two days later. Two days later. and By which someone... time half of the American team had actually gone home. Yeah, but the other American team would still have been there. True. And then the Canadians would have fallen through the ice. Like that's what would have happened. But unfortunately, in this day and age, <laughs> we don't have as many options like this. So unfortunately, score stayed the same. They went off. And so was that. Lovely. Ski- Ski jumping, Chris. I saw a bit of ski jumping. And on the women's ski jumping, on mm. the regular hill, uh, there's some very young ones on the starting roster. Like very young athletes, including a 15-year-old, Aneshka Indrankova from Czechia. 15, ski jumping. Like, it's it's incredible that a 15-year-old is at the top of the ski jumping world. But yeah. it does make me think, at what age did her parents push her off a hill? Good question. And and just looking here at the winner, Ursha Bogatai from Slovenia, she's 26 and made her World Cup debut in 2011. Mm. So she would have been 15, 16 as well. Yeah. I think the key thing here is parents who are ski jumpers either parents who are ski jumpers was that the answer well it to- does seem to be the answer to a lot of them that quite a few of them they did say and his father was the champion of ski jumping <laughs> i mean that's that's fair i mean why else how else do you really get into it um also being small mm. i think is a, is a huge advantage you know so you can fly through the air and starting young in that sense is very beneficial yeah I just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I had a different upbringing. I just, my parents did a lot of things, but they didn't ever push me off a giant hill. No. Probably for the, well, was it for the best? Probably not. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, I could have uh, 12 years ago won a gold for Ireland had my parents had the foresight to push me off a giant hill. But we'll never know. We'll never know. You know what I like is team figure skating. And that starts tomorrow, does it? Team figure skating started actually before the... It was one of the few Uh, events that started before the Olympics. So I saw some highlights yesterday. And yeah, I don't know. Just something about the fact that... Because it's a very egotistical sport, Mm. figure skating. And then the fact that it's not just up to you anymore or you you and your partner, whether you're going to win. And that it's up to a bunch of other... Uh, fellow skaters in different categories to decide if you're t- if you're going to win. I think is quite nice and quite interesting. Um, key takeaways when comparing mixed sports, particularly figure skating and curling, it's like you know that the figure skaters, many of them, could be like in a relationship. There's a lot of like passion, 
and love there, not the same with the curling. If anything, I think that would break people up being in a curling duo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I do like how they bring brooms with their country's flag on it, like <laughs> Norway's Norway's broom that just is a giant Norwegian flag. Big fan of that. Um, yeah, I would love to. I would love to see Ireland in the curling. But unfortunately, we have nowhere to curl. We don't need to focus on the road bowling. That's our downfall, that we're just road bowlers at heart. With this, going back to the skating though, Chris, do you think we have lost a bit of our heritage with not having the figure skating the day after all of the ice hockey on the ice hockey rink? (laughs) 100%. I mean, it's almost too easy. First of all, they don't have to do compulsory figures anymore. I mean, where are my squares and triangles? Second of all, yeah, no potholes. No potholes. It it just it it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, no one even got shot in the biathlon today. What is this? Not a moose nor person. Not a moose nor person. It won't be like that when we're in charge, Chris. Wait, that sounds like a threat. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do like the. I'm, I'm glad mixed doubles curling is. Uh, it's not the. First, it's the second time, right? Mm-hmm. That it, it's in the Winter Olympics, um, and nice that it started before the thing, before the actual Olympics started. So it, you know you could actually watch it without knowing that anything else is on. And yeah, it's very long though. I mean, it's a yeah. long competition. I I watched I watched China versus Norway today. Riveting. Wow, the seventh and fifth best teams in the competition so far you really picked a good one there Mm. yeah yeah italy top of the table and uh behind them sweden great britain and canada so Mm. top four go through to the semi-finals we love curling we have we have posted our flag there that that is what we love i mean do you know what now that i'm getting into the spirit of it there's a lot to love all over the place uh the luge was very good today as well I didn't get to watch any luge today. I, I sometimes find it, especially in the final rounds, a little bit monotonous. But I have to say, today there were a few wobbles. I'm not going to say spills, Chris. You did write spills to I me did. at some point during the day. What I did, happened in there? all caps. I, it felt spiritually like a spill. Okay. There, there's, there felt, you know, that this was the modern spill happening. There was quite a few full skate above you know that it was it was it was an inch or two from a complete spill but i feel like the modern tracks don't really allow for a proper spill of the olden times no there's too much health and safety gone mad because they don't want the athletes dying anymore yeah too much precise engineering yes yeah but uh, no at least at least there was some variation in terms of it wasn't just everyone going down in the exact same way and who was slightly faster it was good to see that they are human and that you can make mistakes you can go accidentally a little bit too slow a little bit to the left a little bit to the right um and whatnot so yeah i'd like to try the luge chris but i think i'd like one that was more horizontal a track horizontal like 
What? I just I an just, ice I, rink? <laughs> you just want to go? You want to be pushed down an ice rink or a curling at first, rink? At first, <laughs> um, human and then, curling, like, and then maybe like fifteen degrees or something. Yeah, you know, I just okay, I want I to start you. small. I want to start in increments before I go fully down. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Before my handball match that I was playing today, I was discussing this with my teammates in the dressing room, and they're like, how, particularly with skeleton. Because they were asking what Irish athletes are there in the Olympics. And uh, that was a very short conversation. And uh, Skeleton was like, who? Like, why did you, Why would you decide to do that? And, uh, you know, then I tell them, you know, how, how all of these sports basically came about. Rich, bored British people. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Rewind a little bit. You're talking to your teammates yeah. about how these came about and you didn't say it was on the podcast why didn't you listen to the podcast yeah Chris, like those are listeners right there why oh, are I, they, I don't, why are oh, your don't teammates worry. not listening I, I don't to worry. the podcast they, they, i did i did mention the podcast don't worry Ruth. okay so expect expect it's 12 new listens from uh, a <laughs> deluge of 12 new listeners from sweden <laughs> at some point uh, over the next i will be keeping weeks. my eyes open for that um how about denmark our friends from denmark we have to keep them on side um haven't really noticed much of them yet in the winter olympics yeah yeah i don't know what you want me to say chris (laughs) Uh, they don't have a history they have a women's hockey team oh very good but they're currently bottom of the group ah yeah but Um, look they're there which is fair dues to denmark well done you yeah. still have our support. Are they are they our official team for the Winter Olympics or are we moving on there? Did we say Liechtenstein? Are we let's, Liechtenstein let's, now? Let's let's be smart here, Ruth. No way. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's let's I mean, I think it would be cruel like I have to go I have to go for Sweden, of course, in this case. Do you? I adopted you didn't I don't for the summer to. games. No, no, no. That's because that's because we have Ireland. Um well no, let's figure it out. I haven't. I, I really thought about that yet. Give me a couple of days. Let's see. Okay. I think a, a story needs to come. Yeah, a story needs to come, and also, you know, the listens need to come. You know, we're very fickle. Yeah, that's true. That's also true. <laughs> uh, that's how we choose our teams. Okay, Chris, what are you watching tomorrow? That's a good question, Ruth. Let's see what's on the agenda. It's Sunday, sixth of February. I mean, more mixed doubles curling. Ooh. Of course. Um, and then we have the uh, men's skiathlon, which I'm quite excited mm-hmm. about. Uh, also because we have Thomas Vesgord Maloney from Ooh. Ireland, who's actually yes. quite a decent skier as well. He's not just some randomer who shows up. He, he is a regular on the uh, cross-country scene. And so, yeah, excited to see him. Uh, I tell you what I'm not excited about, moguls. I saw that. No, I, uh, not for me. Uh, <laughs> and um, the women's slope style in the snowboarding I saw the qualification for that and uh, that looks really good okay. uh, New Zealand uh, have a very good athlete she was top of qualification Zoe sadowski Sinnott and she could win New Zealand's very first gold medal at the Winter Olympics so hmm. I'll be watching that are the Faroe Islands in it? if they were they'd be Danes hmm. <laughs> Fair. Take your point. No, yeah. <laughs> and what do we know about the Danes, as you just said? 
<laughs> yes. Uh, uh, right, Chris. Uh, how about you, Ruth? What are you going to watch? And now that now that you've told me, I'm going to be watching. Like I feel like I'm going to be catching up on a lot of stuff because I want to now see the short course. There is some figure skating starting tomorrow, some more figure skating. So I want to see that. Yeah, good. I'm gonna let kind of fate and how my mood takes me decide. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? On a final thought, one thought that I did have recurring today is a lot of people look very cold. Yeah, and I, I maybe I can I can leave a quote that's related to that because um, mm. Ireland's two alpine skiers Jack Gower and Tess Arbez uh, will be in action on Sunday as well. Their verdict after training at the venue in Yangqing is it's fast but not as icy as they thought it would be. Most of the snow here is artificial, but the cold is real. <laughs> as we say in Ireland, but it's a different kind of cold. 